What is that? It's a little bag made from the skin of a toad. Doesn't matter. She, she's tampering in dark-sided stuff. Yet in our own supremely rational time, there has been a dramatic rebirth of the ancient arts of witchcraft. You're listening to the Modern Witch Podcast with Devin Hunter and Jess Carlson. Get the ball rolling like we usually do. So, Jess Carlson. Mm, hello. How are you doing? What's new in, in the world of Jess Carlson? Uh, well, I had my laptop die on me. That was That's fun. Right. That was a, a sudden out of nowhere thing. Well, I, I say sudden out of nowhere as in its ultimate demise was sudden and out of nowhere, like literally mid keystroke sudden and out of nowhere. But it had been throwing up death rattle signs for a while. I had just been not in a position where I could replace it. And I have been using a Mac for probably about 10 years now. So I went to price out replacing my Mac and getting one that was had a little bit more power and would be a little bit better for what I need. And the like $3,500 price tag was definitely not something that I was able to do. So um, I ended up having to uh, do a little research, found a PC would actually be infinitely cheaper for one, but also much better for what I needed because I do a lot of stuff that's very like CPU intensive. So my whole computer is typically cooking away when I'm working and that's not good. So I ended up getting a PC that is very powerful and weird. I'm still trying to figure it out because it is, it's a gaming PC and I haven't owned a gaming PC in 10 years. It was the last thing I had before I switched to a, a, a Mac and I am gaming on it now, which is awesome. I haven't PC gamed in years. And I'm getting prepared because of this laptop to start streaming on Twitch. And I'm super excited for that. I'm going to start doing that in uh, in June. So I'll be doing reading streams and chat streams. That and- witch is going to Twitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to do like the kind of stuff I used to do on Periscope, but I'm also going to do games. And I know some people, like if you're coming for tarot stuff, probably won't care about games, but then... Some people will. So um, I'm going to have like probably at least one day a week where I'm gaming um, and I'm going to do retro games and current games. Uh, Right now, I'm just like replaying games that I've had. So like I'm replaying Mortal Kombat 10, not ready for Mortal Kombat 11 because I've heard so many mixed things about it. So I'm kind of like I'm stuck in Mortal Kombat 10 land and uh, playing Dying Light again and stuff like that. So I'm going to be doing that. And I'm so excited to be able to do that finally, because now I have a computer that can handle it. And so I've been getting everything all set up. So I'm super grateful to everybody because I ended up doing a GoFundMe because it was so sudden. So I'm super grateful for all the awesome people that came in and donated to my GoFundMe or donated through PayPal or bought readings and stuff. And I was able to um, get it. Uh, I got, I think I, had like half the money I needed um, through the all the fundraising. So within about a week and a half, I was able to get a new PC. So now I'm back up and running. Finally posted a blog post today for the first time in weeks. So yeah, so that's that's what I've been up to. And that's what's been new. And it's been just weird being kind of out of the loop of everything for weeks. So just trying to get back on on yeah. track. Well, and then switching from a Mac to a PC. Because I remember it was actually you got a Mac first, and then I switched at, right after you switched. It was like five months after you switched, I switched. Yeah, it and was something then, like that. Yeah. 
So, and then, and I'm now I'm just, I'm, everything's too Mackie here in the house to like switch, but, but I, I commend you and I think it's awesome. And one thing that I think is awesome. And one of the reasons why I had wanted to get a gaming PC, because <clears throat> let's just have a nerd moment if we can. So <laughs> yes, I love gaming. I love gaming. And we actually had talked about doing a podcast, a gaming podcast, like fucking years ago called chaotic good. And I still have the domain, but uh, the, uh, which we never did anything with, but the, because we like to game, but we like to do different types of gaming. So it, that's like the other thing. So like, I'm an MMO person, like hardcore. I love MMOs. And, and I, I really, I blame final fantasy for that because final fantasy 11, I think it was, was amazing back in the day. This is of course, like, you know, <clears throat> 15 years ago. <clears throat> uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, and I just got my boyfriend was playing it and um, he wanted me to play it with him. So he built me a PC and um, which was like the most sweetest romantic thing ever. And uh, and then we gamed together. And uh, even after we broke up, we still like stayed in the guild together, like everything. And so we did that for like years. And then I switched. I played a little bit of WoW. I'm not the biggest WoW fan. And mostly because I think it's, I think it, it looks like a cartoon. And so I'm just not into playing it. Like <laughs> if I was younger, maybe, but it just looks like a cartoon to me. Even when they updated the the graphics, it still looks like a cartoon. So I'm more into, like, I loved Skyrim. I loved, um, I love that type of, of, of immersive. I just, I love open world stuff that's gorgeous and, and thoroughly built out and, you know, all of the stuff. So we were playing Storm and I were playing Rift. And this is back when we were on PCs. And Rift is an incredible MMO if you're MMO people. I know a lot of you are because I run into you and we have these conversations. Um, but Rift was really cool, but you can only get it on PC. And so when I switched to Mac, it was like, well, that was over. So we played Guild Wars for a while. That's really magical in its own way. It's very fairy. Have you ever seen anything about Guild Wars? Yeah, I have. I've never played it, but I've seen it, yeah. Eh, it's pretty. The the mechanics are meh, but it's pretty. It's it, if you're a pagan, like if you're like a Tolkien kind of pagan, it's really neat. You know, I mean, you can kind of get in there. Um, Neverwinter, all those things. This is all leading to Storm and I have been playing a game that um, we were able to. It's been on PC for a long time. It's called Black Desert Online, and it's been on, so it's been on PC for a long time. They just brought it to Xbox One, and so that's what we game on. And so we. Ended up getting in on like the, it was for his birthday. So for his birthday this year, what Chaz and I did essentially was we bought him Black Desert Online, like the mega package that gave you three days advance like access. And we, I, I had a land party with Storm for like five days, like nonstop. We just, <laughs> my, the TVs were there. We had both Xboxes, like it was a thing. And, um, and so it was, it was pretty intense. And we started a guild called Coven. Because the intention was, because we'd always talked about doing this, but we'd never gotten a chance to do it. And we figured we were like the first ones going to be in the game so we could actually get the cool stakes and we could get all the cool stuff. And so we did. And so we started this, we started a guild um, in Black Desert Online that we only want people who are modern witches to be in. And specifically people who are like listening to the show. And uh, so we, we have this. It's called Coven. 
And if you are playing Black Desert Online and you are, or you're into MMOs and you've been thinking about playing Black Desert Online, um, we're about to release this info um, so that you can join us on Black Desert Online and game with Storm and I. And maybe even we can talk Jess, even though I know she fucking hates MMOs. I know, to... I'm so not an MMO person. I know. But, I've, but because I know you guys are playing that and I, and I know the game and I do think it looks really cool, I've been debating getting it for the Xbox so I can play with you guys. So I probably will. Um, it's, oh, that would be amazing. And it would be the, it would be, I think for me, as someone who's not an MMO person, I think it would be a nice way for me to maybe become more comfortable with them and to like them a little more. Um, I just, because I'm very much a solo RPG, first person shooter or, you know, arena right. fighting type gamer. And I don't I'm not really big into playing with a lot of other people because unless I know them and I know they're not idiots and assholes, because the problem with playing online and this was something that kind of turned me off from MMOs and any kind of real online gaming years ago. And this is not any fucking surprise to anyone who's a gamer but like gaming online for call of duty is a goddamn nightmare if you're not a 12 year old boy you know seriously though so it was like i just hated it and ended up either only playing with my friends when they were online which wasn't very often or just playing by myself and just everything was always a solo game and so now like my husband plays um league of legends and stuff like that and He's always like, oh, you know, you should at least give it a try. I'm like, I don't want to play with all of these people. And I also think like games like League of Legends are there's so much going on and it's all like, you know, aerial view. So I don't know what's happening. And there's just like things are just constantly exploding and glowing. And I don't know what's happening. It's hard to keep track of. So that's why I like first person games or, you know, stuff like that. That's I also just like things that are fun. I love open world. Like I, one of my favorite franchises of games is Fallout. So I love open world stuff where you can just run around and go find weird things and have weird interactions, even if it's with AI and PC type things. But I love that kind of stuff. And so I'm much more likely to play things like Grand Theft Auto or, or you know, Fallout than you know something like League of Legends or or anything that's specifically MMO and. I don't know. So that's that's kind of just no. And I, I totally I, I get I like totally one thousand percent get that. Um, I don't like the first person shooter kind of thing, and it's mostly because I suck at it. Like I'm just bad at like whipping the guys around and not getting hit and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's um, the that's the best part though. I know it, that's it a is skill. a skill. Yeah, it's not. It is totally skill. a skill. I wasn't good at them in the beginning. I was terrible at them, and I felt like that was also another reason why I'm like I can't play this online. I'm horrible. A, I'm a I'm a female. B, I'm an older female. And C, I'm I suck at this. <laughs> and then, so I was like, especially with um with Call of Duty, I became obsessed with those games, and I still love them. I haven't played uh, the newest uh, Black Ops yet, but I love those games, and I got good at them. And I got to the point where that became the only type of game I wanted to play because I just, I enjoy my favorite things to do are anything that requires sneaking and sniping. Like that's my favorite stuff to do. Um, and I just, sometimes you just want to shoot things. You just want to go out there and shoot stuff and blow things up and you don't want to have to like be strategic about things. So I, sometimes those are just, those are the things I like. And it's the same reason why I love, um, Mortal Kombat and 
used like I used to play Soul Calibur and all those kinds of games because sometimes you just want to go and button mash and fight something. So it's fun. It's a different type of oh, game. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's fun, you know, so. Yeah, so, like I love I loved Assassin's Creed because I loved and that's kind of first person-y uh, at times. But, you know, I loved playing. I love all of those because I love just like running and stabbing people and just murdering. Like there's a part of me that loves the melee hand to hand fight kind of thing. But then the other but, you know, as I will say, as a magical person, I really enjoy like an RPG where I can just kind of disappear and become like a magic user and just, you know, go off and, and so on. And what I like about Black Desert is that it it doesn't feel like an MMO. Like there are mechanics that are very classic to an MMO that are totally there, but it just doesn't feel like that. Uh, it feels you can go in by yourself, level up completely and never have any help. Like it's one thousand percent possible, um, and it has it's gorgeous. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is the best looking MMO I have ever seen. Um, the only thing that it's weird, and, and we can talk, and then we'll get on to, to to readings. But the only thing that I think is weird about it is that like the the character classes are set up that like you if you're a witch you're always female if you're a wizard you're always male but they're like the exact same power sets it's the exact same everything until you get to the ascended kind of at the end and then there there is a little bit of a difference um but it's other than that i mean it there there's it's just freaking gorgeous just go check it out um i have uh the character that i've my tune that i've leveled up uh almost completely uh, her name is Aradia. And, uh, and so Radia, she's pretty amazing. And then I have, uh, of course she is, of course. Um, and she's a, of course she's a witch. She's a badass witch. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so she's, she's the main tune and she is the guild master for, uh, our, our, our group called Coven in Black Desert Online. So we will be posting, uh, information very soon, probably within the next episode or two about that. And I really hope people join us because that would be awesome. And I hope that you join Jess over on her Twitch channel, um, where she's going to be doing the witchy gaming stuff that everybody wishes, um, was being done. I know I will yeah, be tuning I, in. I really hope people do. <laughs> I really yeah, hope people no. care because this is something that honestly I've wanted to do for a long time. And Twitch used to be a place where um, like a couple of years ago, it just felt like if you're not a professional gamer or you're not a dude with a lot of time on your hands, like this is not a place for you. But Twitch has grown and changed so much in the last few years and they've expanded to not just be a gaming platform, which is one of the things that I think is interesting with how a lot of streaming platforms are shifting and like not just being about gaming and stuff like that. And that's why when I've been talking about doing Twitch, a lot of people are like, well, isn't that like video games? I'm like it. Yes, it is. But there's more. And it's really in the last couple of years, they've expanded so much to like having you know, channels for artists and musicians and podcasters and people that are just want to sit around and chat with their viewers and and all that. So there are a few tarot readers on there. Um, there are a few people that do uh, witchy chats and things, but not a lot. That's very, very tiny. And the other thing, too, is that there are a lot of people that use Twitch that speak other languages, too. So there's there's not a lot of English speaking people that are doing these kinds of things. So that's another another, you know, plus to that. And I just, you know, I, I want to get back into streaming so bad. It's something that when I used to do it, um, when I did Periscope, I was streaming like literally three times a day. It was my favorite thing to do. And then Periscope turned into a sex bot nightmare. And then I left and I've been wanting to get back into streaming. But I just I've 
for some reason, just the idea of streaming on Instagram just never felt right to me. And then I was trying to set my myself up to be able to stream on YouTube, but my laptop at the time just could not handle it. Every time I loaded up the software that you need for doing streaming, the whole thing would just crash on me. So now I can, and so I shall. And when I have all of that set up in the next few weeks or so, you'll be able to find lots of info about that on my various outlets. So woohoo! this is gonna be exciting. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, um, it's we're nerds and uh, I, we don't get to probably represent that as well uh, because we don't. Well, we're talking about witchcraft most of the time. So why would we be talking about this? But uh, <laughs> Jess and I are incredibly nerdy. And yes. so um, if you are if you are a gamer or you are interested in any of those things, come check us out because we're do, we're doing stuff elsewhere and you can participate. And I think and that's, you can people can find me if anyone's interested. You can find me on Steam. Um, as a Boston Gamer Girl. That used to be my handle everywhere. I'm changing it on Twitch because I'm going to be doing um, these different types of streams. So I, I felt like that handle was a little too specific. <laughs> so, um, But you can find me on Steam there, and that's pretty much where I am for the most part. And then I'm also on, um, what's that place? Xbox. <laughs> I'm on Xbox as Glitz and Gamer 11 I believe is my handle on there. So, yeah, I'm always uh, up for playing games because I am a big game nerd. So, amen. Yeah, and you can find me. I am Pyromancer. That's my. That's my. That's handle a fucking on. surprise. Right. Right. I know Pyromancer. Um, <laughs> that is my. That's my name on all the things that are game related. So come check me out. Um, okay. Without further ado, um, today we are going to be talking about readings, and Jess and I happen to well know a thing or two about this. Um, and we wanted to take it th- this discussion from the perspective, at least get the ball rolling, um, with the concepts of like things people don't really know uh, when it comes to the process of doing a reading, uh, not just from the like, you know, the perspective of the client, but also just as the reader. There's, there are things that go on that maybe we're not thinking about or you don't necessarily know when you're entering the process. So one of the things that I I love your stories, Jess, because there there tends to be that you get a very specific type of of experience in your readings, and part of that is because of the way that you do your readings, and a lot of people have really turned to like the online world as as kind of the avenue for them to have a business or to you know do readings for people and you've been doing this for a really long time that's not saying that you're old it's just that you know what you're talking about with this so one of the things i am old (laughs) you're not old you are so not old um but with that i mean you know so what are the things that come up with this with doing online readings that people just don't think about when it when they go to like book their online reading well, I think one of the important things, if you're doing online reading, if if you are someone who's not had online readings before and you're like, well, this is going to be the easiest way for me to get a reading anytime, anywhere I am and whatever, um, it's important to know that people that read online do readings differently in that the way they deliver the readings can be very different. So the the three main ways that you'll see most, or four really, main ways that you'll see people People deliver a reading online is either through an email slash PDF slash written up thing, which is primarily what I do. Um, a personalized video where they're just like recording themselves on video doing the reading, an audio recording where it's the same thing, but just audio or 
like something live where you're on Skype or Zoom or something and you're interacting. And I think it's important when people are deciding on who they're going to get a reading from and what type of reading delivery is right for them is to consider if like you were going and having a reading with someone in person, are you someone that likes to to talk with your reader during the reading? Or are you someone that wants them to just do the reading, lay out the cards, do everything, and you're going to absorb as they go? And then maybe you'll ask questions or maybe you won't. And you'll be like, thank you. That was great. I'll, you know, five questions I'll ask later. If you're someone who feels you need to be able to interact during the reading, then you definitely want to get a reading with somebody that does them either over the phone or by video chat or something. Come yeah, see me. Right. But I mean, if you can't, do it, but if you're like, yeah. And if you're somebody who's like, well, you know, there's no one near me. There's a lot of readers that do it that way. I don't do it that way only because I find it difficult for me to schedule a lot of the times because I am just someone who's not real good with being confined to a schedule. I prefer this doing my true. readings. Yeah. I prefer doing my readings written up because I can, if you know, I can do a reading at 2am if that's when I feel like I want to do it. Um, you know, so it, 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 that for me just works best. But I think it's important that, you know, before you even buy a reading from somebody that you consider what their delivery method is and if that's going to be suitable for you. Most people that I've had readings with before online that do them written up either just as a uh, literally just written in an email or delivered the way that I do them. Um, most of them always leave their door open for you to come back with questions later for clarity or whatever. It's also, it's important just to know though the difference between when you're getting clarity on the reading that you just got versus now you're basically asking for another reading because you can't expect that the one reading you got is going to lead to like five subsequent mini readings because now you're coming up with other things that you want to ask. So, you know, you need to just kind of keep that in mind too, because when you're sitting down with somebody and you're just doing like, say, you know, you're buying a reading and that reading is going to be, you know, an hour of time, you're basically buying an hour of time with the reader. And so they might only pull an initial, like maybe four or five cards for, you know, the, the primary reading. And then you have time to like ask questions and they can pull more cards because, you know, you're there for an hour together, but by email or audio or video, you really can't do that. So you need to, be, you know, like if you've got questions, keep them specific, keep them confined to that reading and then, you know, ask your readers and they usually should, I would hope good customer service, um, respond with some kind of, you know, clarity. Um, but I think that it's just important to know what you're looking for and what's right for you. And for some people, online reading just is not for them. It's just not the right thing. They just don't feel comfortable with it. They have this feeling that energetically you can't connect, which just seems to me, I always think is the weirdest thing to think when, you know, if magic works and healing works and, you know, we talk about, you know, energy can go anywhere through anything through what, you know, if there's no con confinement to it, then why would it suddenly be confined here? So, well, let's talk about that. That's, that's yeah. oh, yes. Let's talk about that for a moment, shall we? Um, okay. So here's my thing on this, because I am... Uh, I do readings long distance, um, but I don't, I do them in like in person. So we, you, you, you know, you schedule with the, the shop and then I, I will FaceTime you or Skype you or call you and we do, you know, but I, I like to be face to face if possible. Um, and I do a lot of them. I do a lot of long distance sessions. I mean, I would probably say about half of the sessions I do these days are probably long distance and I, I enjoy them because obviously to some degree, um, 
it's nice to just kind of be in my own little space and do my own little thing and just have somebody on a screen. But there, I mean, there is a difference. There's a, there, and it's really the difference in the way the psychic is going to tune into the person. You know, I mean, if they're right there in front of you, it's way easier to just kind of see. I mean, you're seeing them. Like, yeah, obviously you you can connect so easily. But if they're long distance, first of all, there are like 12 different psychic abilities that are profiled that specifically deal with connecting to things that are outside of the space the psychic is in. And so like this isn't a it isn't like a new age fangle thing. This has been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, people are always doing remote viewing and so on and so forth. Those skills are the same skills that somebody like me or like you when we're doing a reading and the person isn't right in front of us that we're using. So, I mean, that's not like to me. Uh, that's not a, a misnomer, but there are people who really like just think it's impossible, and and just same thing with like long distance right key tunements and things like that. Like people, no, that's that you can't do that. It's it's impossible, or you can't do like witchcraft initiations long distance. Now, that's a whole other topic we'll have to get into in another day. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but with the readings and things, I mean, it really is it, it that all is is such a normal part of being a psychic person that you, I mean, you don't really need to be right in front of the person. Now, some people that's a requirement for them as readers that nope, I have to see the person. I have to feel their energy one-on-one. It's that's, that's what they have to do, but that is by no means the the standard for most psychics. Yeah. Most, most people that are doing readings through, um, you know, not in-person methods typically aren't in contact with the person that they're reading and they're doing them, you know, some way where either they're on the phone so they can't see each other or they're doing them through text. So they're not in communication other than, you know, words on a screen or an email back and forth. And you can absolutely like, this is why for me, when I do a reading, I always ask my clients for a picture. It's important for me to be able to see them. And I have some specifics like, you know, don't have sunglasses on. I need to see your eyes and, you know, no hats and no like weird, crazy things. Um, and my other thing too, is no one else in the picture unless they are also part of your reading, you know? So like if your readings about your marriage and you have a picture of you and your husband, like that's fine. But if it's just about you and you've got, you know, the pictures from a family reunion and there's 20 other people there, no, that's not helpful for me. So for me, a photo is plenty. Um, and the tone of our conversation in in email back and forth certainly gives me a lot of energetic information as well. So for me, that is enough. I have absolutely no problem with doing readings in person, doing readings over the phone or Skype or whatever. It's just for me, it gets tricky. And also for me now, being in Las Vegas, if I were to read in person, like if I were to read in a shop, the county and so the whole process that you have to go through for that and that's just like not worth my time and care I guess to go through when I am it's not the way that I would prefer to work anyway so um I definitely think that if you're someone who's like oh well I as the client I feel like I need to be with the person in person because I don't I can't I don't understand how they could possibly possibly connect with me if I'm not there, then that's fine. If that's what's going to make you comfortable getting your reading and you're not going to be, cause I'll just to be completely honest, my, my takeaway with most people that get kind of weird about it is that they get defensive. Like they don't believe that you could possibly read for them if you're not 
in front of each other or something. And like, that's fine. If that's how you feel you're going to be able to receive your reading the best, and that's what you should do. But absolutely, there are things happening that even we can't explain. Like, we don't know how or why it works. It just does. And, you know, that's just, and then it gets, it's even harder to explain it to somebody that doesn't have any reference points, you know? Right. So, right. Yeah. I, you know, it's, at the end of the day, every psychic has their own set of skills. And I, I, from my experience, at least with the readers who I associate with and who I use when I, when I need to go dip into that myself, um, they're, you know, it's, it's pretty plain to see if, if they're open to it and they're saying, Hey, I can do this, that that's just their skill set. So, I mean, you know, I, I feel like if you're going to go get a reading online and somebody is saying, Hey, I can do this, then that's just, that's how they work. Right. Like they're like, don't question that necessarily. There are other things to question. Don't question. Is it possible to have a reading online? Of course it's possible to have. A yeah. Online. And let me also just throw this out there because this is part of, I think this idea of of, oh, I don't know if they can even read for me that I see a lot. I get this a lot on Instagram. So on Instagram, almost daily, at least I try, I do a card pull on my Instagram. Inevitably, every week, I get at least half a dozen people that will contact me and ask if I could answer a free question for them because they, they're interested in buying a reading. And I always say no. And the reason is that if you feel you have to question whether it's me or anyone else, if it were you, if it were anybody else that, that they wanted to get a reading from and they're like, well, you know, I want to make sure that you actually can do this, then already we have an issue because you already doubt my ability to help you. So that already makes me feel like I can't help you because you've already got a defense up. So. I feel like, you know, don't go like if you find someone online that you want to get a reading from and you maybe they are someone that you like follow on social media, you read their blog, watch their YouTube or whatever, and, and they offer readings and you're like, OK, I'm going to go get a reading from this person. Don't contact them and be like, could you do a free reading just so I can make sure that you can connect with me? No, that's that's so just. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just and I mean, if like if you believe that they can read for you and you're willing to even consider booking a reading with them, then you shouldn't have to question whether or not they can actually connect with you and do a reading for you. So, you know, yeah. And I know, but I, but I also know, I do know there are people out there that are more than happy to go, Oh, sure. I'll do a free reading for you. And then, you know, you can book a reading later. That's fine. If that's how you want to roll, that's cool. I used to do that. And I'm more than happy to do things like what I used to do on Periscope and plan to do on Twitch, where I do uh, readings for people on live stream and they're quote unquote free. Um, that's fine. And that's different. But I'm not doing these readings for people as a, you know, what I call quote unquote test the psychic. Like I'm not I'm not doing an audition for them to become their reader. That's what I think is right. just for me, it's a waste of my time. It's also a waste of your time. And it's it's just like disrespectful to me because it just makes me feel like, all right, we already don't trust each other. That's how we're going to go into this. Like, let's not do this then. Well, but the other thing, too, is it's like some of us don't test well. And so, I mean, I, I, I've been lucky where I haven't had too many issues with that. But the but I, I totally like there. I have friends who are incredible psychics, but if you were to put them on the spot like that, they would just shut down. And, and it's as, nothing to do with other than, you know, we're people, too. And if you 
are attacking us basically and that's what that is right i mean it's it's like this attack it's a rejection of 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 us just you know kind of right out it totally right. changes the mindset i mean it's i mean it's as professional as you can be it's it's not like it's waiting a table like you know if, if somebody if you're waiting a table and somebody pisses you off you just have to kind of grin and bear it and you know just know you've to visit their table a couple of times they'll be gone in 20 minutes if if you're doing a reading with somebody and you have that sort of relationship it, there's so it, the dynamic is so different that you know it's it's a this person isn't going to listen to me anyway and really you go into it thinking they're they're not here like they're not listening they're they're not really getting a reading because they they have this this cold front that's up i remember one time um i was yeah so i i was maybe five six years ago and i was at the shop and i had these people had booked a reading and um they'd come in together and it was like oh it was a white girl and an african-american girl and they were probably 18 19 years old and they definitely acted younger and um they wanted to they said that they were sisters which i'm okay with like that's fine but when you want me to channel a dead person i need to know like am i talking to the old white guy am i talking to you know the the guy from you know with it with a thick accent over there like what who am i it's a totally different experience and so when you say oh well we're sisters and we want to talk to our mother and i'm like okay so there's an older woman coming up and she looks white to me but i just want to confirm that you know that's that's something that you have to do. That doesn't mean that the psychic is wrong or that we're not doing the job. In my case, I was doing the job, but they took that as this, I'm a, a, you're a fake. And I'm like, I don't know what your fucking mother looks like. Right. You know and that's mean? right. And that's where doing readings that are more like mediumship is so much different than doing a card reading. And I've actually stopped doing unless for unless it's like some unusual or like special circumstance where it's like a client I've had for years. I don't do mediumship anymore because I don't read in person. And I got to the point where doing it long distance was just really uncomfortable for me because there was not an easy way to communicate. So I would be doing this, you know, big, long very exhausting because that's another thing. I don't think people always understand if they don't do this kind of stuff, don't understand that certain types of readings are really physically and energetically exhausting and mediumship is one of those. And especially if like you're asking me to, to connect with someone who, if you didn't tell me in advance, like, and, that, and that's fine. Like, I'm not like, Oh, tell me everything about this person before I do. Cause the, that's silly. Um, but if you don't tell me in advance that like they died in some horrific way or they were murdered or, you know, they were in some horrible car accident or something and I'm doing all of this work and then I kind of like encounter these events, that's like very draining to then, you know, suddenly find yourself in this situation that you weren't prepared for. And so I got to the point where I stopped doing them long distance because there was no way for me to confirm because it's like, if I don't need to go through this big story with this person and see things that they experienced and whatnot, that maybe there, it's not their story. They're like showing me something that happened to like their child or someone that they knew. If I don't, if I don't need to experience that because that's not them and you and like me asking you, you can confirm, oh no, that's not, that didn't happen to them. That happened to their sister or something. Then I can be like, okay, I don't, don't need to know this. I understand that your sister died tragically and that it affected you. Like, that's all I need to know. I don't need to watch her die. I just need to know that. So 
you know, that ended up becoming a thing where if I can't have a conversation with somebody doing that kind of reading, then I don't want to do it. And when people, when you do ask those questions, like, okay, well, this is what I'm, this is who, who I'm having coming through to me and this is what they look like. And then the person's like, I need to explain to you like, yes, because I don't know, like, was your grandmother, you know, short with curly hair or was she tall with long hair? Like, I don't know. I wasn't there in your family. (laughs) I don't know who this is until you can confirm to me who it is, you know? So, um, and that's, I just think people need to, you know, know that too, that we don't, know everything. This is what I always say to, because I don't use the term psychic. I don't call myself a psychic. And I tell people all the time, I don't call myself a psychic. Um, and I always tell people, especially when it's their first time getting a reading with me, I am not an all knowing, all seeing psychic who can see your life beginning to end and knows everything about you. Because if I were, that'd be fucking creepy. And I'd be like, get away from me because you probably don't want to be near me because you might have secrets you don't want me to know and I'll know them. Like, that's not me. That's not what I do. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not a predictive reader either. Um, so, you know, having to kind of explain those things to you, I think that's, you know, again, another thing that you need to know that I don't think everyone understands is that not all readers are the same. They're not all going to do the same types of readings. They don't all have the same goal in mind when they read for you. And so you need to know for yourself what it is you're looking for. So if you don't want to have to confirm things, if you just want to sit there and get a reading and be entertained or whatever, then that's fine. But you have to find the right type of reader for that. Devin Hunter here, creator of the Modern Witch Podcast and Magazine. It is my belief that in the 21st century, being a witch is more about personal identity and spiritual exploration than the resurrection of an ancient mystery tradition. Modern Witch is, and always has been, more about the life and style of the modern practitioner over any one tradition or singular approach to the craft. Witches today draw power and strength from knowing who they are, and with Modern Witch, we've been able to celebrate that awakening in people all over the world. Modern Witch is about to take the next step in our journey and release our all-new website, modernwitch.com, on July 22nd. We've wanted to make this happen for a long time and are excited to bring what we have been doing here for almost 10 years to new platforms. On July 22nd, join me, Jess Carlson, Storm Fairywolf, Chaz Bogan, Durgadas Alain Duriel, and Matt Aron for a totally new online experience. ModernWitch.com will feature our brand new Pathios blog, multiple new YouTube video series, two new podcasts coming this fall, how-to videos, reviews, recommendations, playlists, and so much more. The best part? It's all ad-free. Come and join us as we celebrate the rise of witchcraft, the occult, and mysticism in the 21st century. And be there July 22nd when Modern Witch turns up the power and explores new worlds with ModernWitch.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Modern Witch Podcast. We hope to see you soon on Pathios, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to the show. Yeah, there, there's definitely readers who are the the showmen. Like, they, they get into it. They, uh, you know, and I used to be that guy, too. I totally was the, I'm going to wear the gypsy clothes, and I'm going to play the part, da 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 <laughs> And and all that did was just breed chaos um, for me. But, uh, you know, the other part of that, though, is as you were just kind of explaining kind of your take on 
on, you know, not every psychic being the same. It, I think of myself as more of kind of a, a kind of, I don't want to say sound weird here, but kind of a traditional psychic. Like I totally do those. So let's just sit down and have a conversation and I can tell you things about yourself kind of, kind of person. Um, and a lot of like how I work is off the voice. Like I need to hear somebody's voice and that's how I connect to people the best. Um, and so, you know, long distance readings and stuff work for me really well. But the flip side of that is we, like when I go to teach psychic development to people, especially mediumship, because mediumship isn't just one psychic ability. It's a bunch of things kind of mashed together. And so right. no two mediums, especially when it comes to mediumship, no two mediums are ever going to be alike. Right. And you and I, you know, Jess, you and I could be sitting uh, talking to the exact same spirit. We could get, you know, the exact same end information, but you might see violets and in here, you know, a song from your childhood that reminds blah, blah, blah. And I would see, you know, a, a dragon skull and blah, blah. And it's only because our minds are different, right? The message has to come through right. a different filter. It's got to come through these different ways. And when it comes to mediumship especially, it's – see, I, I, I prefer doing mediumship to just sitting in front of somebody and, and you know, kind of doing that traditional, well, what is my job going to be? And what's it – I prefer just as a as – a, the guy doing it. I, I'd rather sit down and talk to dead people, but that's, that's me. Um, and, but, you know, I would say how oh, probably 80% of the work that I do is, is that traditional kind of psychic stuff of sitting down and going, what's going on? And let's take a look. And this is how we can find our way out of this problem. And, you know, so on and so forth. I use cards. I, I used a tarot a lot. I use multiple decks at the same time, usually. Um, but I don't need those things. But in the instance of like, oh, I've got an hour with you and I've never met you before the cards help smooth some shit out, right? Like they, they make things easier to process. Um, whereas if, especially if I'm not in front of you and we, and I've never, you know, met you before, um, it's, it's going to be a little more difficult, right? So, so cards are an extension of my mediumship. They help me, you know, kind of clarify the messages and the things coming through, but that's not what, how most people would use cards. So, you know, if you come to me and I break out my cards, what I'm actually doing is having a conversation with a spirit and that's every single time I go to do a reading. That's that's the way I look at it. Whereas you don't do that, Jess. You look at it differently, right? You well, have a I different have, approach to it. I have a kind of two-pronged approach. <laughs> so for me, when I do readings, and this is true for any, any type of reading I do, whether it's a card reading, a mediumship, a rune reading, whatever, I have a spirit guide who is my reading guide. This is the only thing he's there for. This is the only thing we do together. Um, and I'm having a conversation with him through whatever I'm using. And even like I'll be reading the cards, for example, like doing a card reading. And as I'm laying out the cards, I'm looking at them from my personal kind of very analytical perspective where I'm like looking and going, Oh, look, everything, like every car's got a lot of blue in it. So all the cards, you know, there's all this blue. So we're looking at this kind of energy and this kind of thing. And Oh, there's like three sevens here. So we've got this thing happening, but then I'll have from him, I'll be receiving other information that goes past where the cards are that goes more into, okay, well, so now you might have that information, but now I'm going to help you understand things on a little bit of a different, usually more um, energetic and emotional level. So, and this kind of comes to what you just mentioned about like seeing, hearing, smelling, whatever things that are very, um, you know, have meaning to you. And I think this is another place where I, I, you know, if you're not a reader, 
you might not understand how this works, where the messages and the, 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 whatever, you know, the signals are that you're getting through whichever of your senses you use. I'm primarily claircognizant and clairvoyant. So, um, when I receive images, an image might be very, have a very specific meaning to me, a symbol or whatever might have a very specific meaning to me. And when I express what that meaning is, it resonates with the person I'm reading to, but the symbol doesn't. And that's, doesn't matter. The symbol itself, the image or whatever I see doesn't matter. It's the translation that I give to it that matters. That's ultimately what I want to make sure that the person understands. So this, so that is also true for when I'm reading the cards and just looking at just the cards. What I pick up from them, what stands out for me may not stand out to them. And it doesn't matter because if the message comes through and it makes sense and it resonates, that's all that matters because that's the whole point. The cards are just a tool for making sense of the messages. The same when you're working with any kind of, you know, speaking with spirit or whatever, you know, it's it's just a matter of like you're taking in all of this information and you're supposed to translate it in a sense to the person in a way that's kind of plain language that they're going to understand and in a way that's going to be helpful for them. It's not, it's not about like, oh, so this is the, it's kind of like for me, like when I do readings, I do get into like, oh, so in the card, there's this symbol and it means this symbol. I do kind of do that. I often do that because that's part of what I love. I love being like the going through like the puzzle and the detective work of a reading and looking at a bunch of cards laid out together and, and all of that. But in the end, like what I may say, oh, this symbol means this. It might not mean that to you. But if, you know, again, if, if the, the ultimate message resonates, that's all that matters. So um, I have, I work with spirits specifically that my one spirit guide, but then I, who, people who've watched me on Periscope know, cause I used, we used to talk about him all the time. And I used to, <laughs> used to always tell people what he was saying to me because he's funny um, and his name's William and we've been working together for probably 20 years now. And, um, I have him, but I also am very like just paying attention to the actual cards. So it's, for me, it's both ways. It's, it, it's both the just analytical, like with the cards and listening to, um, spirit as well. Yeah. And, and that's how I, I think a lot of people, you know, would, would approach the, the doing the readings with the cards and having a spirit guide. And at least that's, that's, and that's the method I teach. Like, that's what I want my students to be doing. Um, I just know that over the years and, and it's predominantly cause I'm also clairsentient, which is annoying as fuck. Um, and, and it's <laughs> annoying as fuck because it, things come through weird and I have to know like, Oh, that's not me. That's, that's somebody else. Yeah. Um, and, and the other, I'm also, that- I'm also the clairaudient, not as strongly as Claire claircognizant or clairvoyant, but I'm also clairaudient. When I hear songs, that's primarily what I I hear. And I'll say to someone, oh, like I'm hearing this song and they're like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Like, well, that's fine. This is what it means to me. (laughs) Or when I, or when I hear a song that they're like, wow, that is really weird. Cause I haven't thought of that in forever, but it was like, you know, my grandmother's favorite song or something. And you know, and that can be really annoying because then I will get a song literally stuck in my head for days and I've already done your reading. Like we're, we're done. Like we've, we're past this, but I'm still hearing it. And that's when I know that there's still, that there's now a message for me here that I have to figure out. And that is as annoying as fuck. So 
there's that too. Yeah. Yeah, I I realized it's really hard to date me. Um so about oh I would say a couple of years ago I was dating this guy and and I I'm allowed to to date. Well, that's not uh, we're not going to get into that. But anyway, so I I was dating a guy and uh I was really into him and he was you know, we weren't like official because you know things and and whatnot but i was like really into him and i would totally be able i'd be at work and i could feel that he was having sex with somebody else and to the point where i would text him and be like so i'm like did you just hook up with somebody and he would be like yeah how did you know and this would be like I don't know, over the course of a month, it was like six times that I, you know, I was like, no, you're having sex and it's not with me, you know? And, and so I realized it's really hard to date me. And then like with the guys now, they, for my 30th birthday, it was this really big deal. They, my sister flew out and they had like this whole surprise thing planned and there was no way they could keep it from me. I mean, they tried, they did everything they possibly could, but I just knew like, oh, somebody's coming out for my birthday. And I knew it was somebody who I felt like was my sister. So it could be like one of two people, um, just, you know, depending on who's been in my life that long and so on and so forth. And so I'm like, it's either literally my sister or it's my, my really close friend, Heather. And it was my sister. You know, but I knew that they were – I knew something was going on and they did everything they possibly could. Um, but I, you just – you know, there's things you can't keep. And, and if you're connected to somebody as a psychic, like things just trip out. Like I just know, you know. And that's the that's the weird thing about being clairsentient is that I'll suddenly just know things. And the hardest thing for me has been because I am also – you know, I've got cancer rising. I've got all of this watery stuff of Pisces moon. Um I'm I'm just a really kind of emotional guy just in general. And so empathy is obviously it's a big part of, of how I work. And it's hard to as a clear, you know, somebody who is clear sentient when you just know things and but you're also an emotional person. It's hard to differentiate between, oh, am I being paranoid about this or am I, you know, just being emotional because something tripped me up and then I'm interpreting it. Da, 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 da. So it, it, it has not been without its own problems, I will definitely say. Um, but it, it changes the way that, you know, I communicate with everything as a psychic. You know, I, I, I need so much to be able to just connect in a, in a way that is, uh, that allows me to like really feel just that and almost an emotional connection with somebody. And it doesn't have to be anything more than just, Hey, you're another person. Right. But that's to me, that's like that Avenue of connection. Um, whereas there are people who, you know, I know psychic friends of mine who, uh, you can literally like put them in a, in a cell, like in a cell in a prison and then have them do a reading for somebody who's across the country and they've never met or are talking to, and they can like get spot on. This is what their medical problem. This is what's going on with this person. This is what happened seven years ago. You know, there's that level of Claire's of Claire uh, sentient that I am not, um, I win events, you know, um, but, uh, it exists. It totally exists. I just know that for me, I need to be talking to somebody. I need to have some sort of connection going in order to really be able to do what I do well. Um, and without those things, it's it tends to be, I mean, I'll get information and I'll get detail and, and those things are proven accurate, but it isn't the same level of, of, of like depth for me. Um, and so I don't trust it as much. You know, I, I tend to be a little bit more trepidatious about giving that information out uh, because it just isn't coming from the same kind of potent source that the other information comes from. Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel kind of similar to that where if I 
I don't feel like I'm getting confirmation like from William about something that I'm picking up in the cards. Like if, if I don't feel like we're on the same page, I feel like I'm not a hundred percent sure about something. Like it might just be my, you know, it might be more for me <laughs> than anything else. And, uh, you know, so yeah, there is, there is a little of that. And, you know, for me, something I want to kind of clarify, because I, I realize as I've been saying this, I, I get asked this and I have to kind of clarify it. So I'll just explain it. Why I don't call myself a psychic. It's just, it's simply the fact that people have a perception of what a psychic is that I just don't agree with and that I don't fulfill that role. And I don't want anyone to, you know, come to me to get a reading, see, thinking like, oh, she's, you know, the traditional, like, you know, I don't know, movie psychic, TV psychic, whatever, and find out that's not me. So I don't use that, that word, not that I wouldn't consider myself to have psychic ability, but I don't consider myself a quote psychic. So I tend to just, you know, say I'm a intuitive reader or intuitive card reader, card slinger, give right. it whatever goofy name you want. But that's right. kind of you know my approach to it. I just, and, and I've had people say uh, like other psychics say, well, why don't you work to educate people? Because I don't want to have that fight. I don't want to go through that. I don't want to, it's not my job to explain to the world, you know, the difference between, you know, psychics and what, you know, why everyone is not the same. Like, I don't want to go through that. And, you know, for me, it's just easier to just make it very clear what I do and what I don't do. And, uh, you know, makes it easier for me to make sure I'm getting the right type of clients and that the right type of people are finding me as a reader. And if we're not going to be, you know, good for each other, then we don't need to waste each other's time. So, and it's funny too, something else that you said that now I'm like, maybe I should put this like on all of my information when it comes to like my readings, you had mentioned your astrological alignments and how, you know, and how that just makes you as a person, like how, how you are. For me, I am an Aries with Leo rising and an Aquarian moon. So I am about as like, get to the point and let's just fucking deal with this issue <laughs> as you can get. Like, I'm not interested really in getting like into um, like weird emotional backstories about something. Like I just, I like to deal with what's happening right now and how can we address it? and move forward. I'm not very big into reading into the past because I feel like the past is the past. It's good to, of course, know because it helps us understand where you are now. But my purpose and what I want to do is find out what is wrong now, what is in the way, what needs to be addressed, and specifically come up with actions, like action steps, things you can do, stuff to, to actually change your path and get to where you want to be and, and not be stuck where you don't. So, you know, I'm definitely not like if you're, you know, I always tell people if you're looking for a sugar coating, hand holding, you know, grandma reader, I am not for you. If you, but you know, I'm definitely, if you want somebody who's going to be like plain language, probably curse a lot and probably just, you know, tell it to you straight. Like that's me, you know, that's more how Well, I but that me. also comes from you and you and I share that I think this is one of the things we connected on really early on was this need to be a coach for people when they're coming to us with problems. Like we don't want to just be like, oh, yep, that sucks. And this is why. 
and then give them no resolve and no, you know, exit for how to, you know, fix this issue for themselves. And, you know, with me, I look at it like as a psychic, I am, you know, so obviously, you know, the mediumship, it's, it's all spirits and mostly it's dead people. And what I refer to as angels and demons um, and that's like a whole thing. Read, read the book, read the butch's book of spirits. It's all in there. Um, but, um, you know, and, and fairies and, and so on and so forth. But it's predominantly I'm like talking to dead people or there's some kind of more high vibrational spirit that's knocking on the door saying, hey, this is et cetera, et cetera. And if I'm in a reading with somebody and we're not just doing a, oh, they're trying to connect with somebody they lost um, and a spirit shows up, then, of course, I give them that information. But most of the time, that type of spirit is like a guide. You know, or it's or it's even their holy guardian angel. That's been happening a lot lately where there's been this like, nope, there there there's this major course correction that needs to happen and it's not happening. And so you need to address this thing now. And so that happens. But most of the time, like if, if, if we're not talking about spirits and we're just talking about having a psychic experience um, and somebody comes to me because I do a lot of the well, what's why is this happening and what's going to happen kind of stuff with people. And what we can – all we can really do, at least this is the way that I, I kind of frame it for people, all we can really do is – you know, because the butterfly effect is a thing, right? So if you come to me on Monday and you are trying to figure out what's going to happen to you on Friday, I can – from our vantage point with you walking the path that you're walking, we can look down that road and we can say, okay, this is where you're likely going to end up based off of all the things that you're doing, all the things that are swirling around you. But if come Wednesday, you do something completely different, like you get up and you say, I'm not going to, let's say you wanted to get, you wanted to get a job interview on, you know, or you wanted to get the job that you were interviewing for on Friday and it's Monday and you're asking me about this. And then on Wednesday, you get in a car accident and you, you know, with your friend or something, and then you're not able to make the interview on Friday. That's a total, it's a different situation, right? So if you were asking, am I going to, if, you know, am I going to um, get the job, you know, from this interview? Well, yes, you'll get the job from the interview. But if you you didn't ask, are you going to make it to the interview? I know that sounds like a cop out, but it's not really a cop out. And so what do I try to do with my clients is help them word things and phrase things so we can really understand what it is that they want. And what I just gave you was like a superficial kind of example. But we want to really understand what the hell do you want from this session? Like, are you just trying to get information about your husband's, you know, the, the, the person your husband's cheating on you with? Or do you actually want to know, you know, why he's cheating on you? And what you need to be doing right now, what what makes you vulnerable, right? So there's just there's a there's a type of uh, there's a way to approach all of this to actually get the type of information that people want, and recognizing that us as psychics we all work differently. So if you come to me and you ask me for a reading, you're going to have a totally different experience than you would if you would go to Jess. But that doesn't mean that you know either of us are are one's better than the other. It just means we're going to have two very different approaches to things, and because of that, you're going to end up with a different type of reading, you know. And so you really do have to go into it looking at those specifics. I you know it's the same thing with like looking at a spiritual teacher, in my opinion, because you're getting the type of information from them that you are going to alter your course, and so. There's to me, it's it's a hollowed position to to have somebody come to me and ask for spiritual advice. It's a big deal, and I take it very seriously uh, because I know they're going to go out and they're going to do things based off of what we talk about. And if you are going to somebody and you're looking at them, I'm just going to flat out say it, and their life is shit, you probably shouldn't get a reading from them. 
Uh, it's the same thing with a spiritual teacher. If you go to a spiritual teacher and their life is shit, you probably shouldn't study with them. And it's not because they're not spiritual and it's not because maybe they don't have abilities, but it's because their values are not probably lining up with the type of values that you're looking for. Like if you're really trying to get advice on what to do with your career, don't go to the psychic who has you know no career. Right. Like and, and it's not that you're not going to get information from that psychic, but it is that you're not going to get the right information from that psychic there. We're all aligned to our own things. I go to a uh, an astrologer who is really good with relationships. I go to a very different astrologer who is good with money stuff. And, and that is because everybody has their own interest. Everybody has their own thing. It's just like if you're again with a spiritual teacher, they're only going to teach you things they found interesting. Right. It may not be everything that is the topic that the topic includes. It's probably not going to be everything that even you find interesting about that topic. It's what they find interesting. So as much as I try to be open and, you know, but I've been doing this for going on 16 years and when I was 17 years and oh, God, 17 years. But, you know, but I've been doing this for almost 17 years and I have had the uh, the ability because I did all, uh, for a long time a very high volume of readings. I had the ability to kind of hammer out um, my work so that it it was as inclusive as it possibly could be and it was going to help as many people as it possibly could be. But that was because I was seeing 30 people a day at one point. And, you know, that's not my life anymore. But those those times taught me how to be a better psychic when it came to relating information to people, when it came to being um, somebody who's able to provide accessible information to people. And not everybody has had that experience. Not everybody has had that that time under their belt to go and have readings with other people and see how other people are doing that stuff where they're conveying the information. So that, you know, that way that all of that happens in the bedside manner and the, the even just the type of information that that you're going to get everybody works differently. So you really do need to do at least a little bit of background information. Um, you know, and I was, I used to be a keen reader. Did you ever read on keen, keen.com? I used to read on live person, live person. And they're, they're basically the same thing. And, um, fucking nightmare. And so like that, let's let's go down that road. Let's go down that road. So what was your experience with, with that service? To me, it was no, well, I yes and no. So I do recommend it. I do recommend taking some opportunity to be a reader on, uh, um, it, you know, I would, you know, back in the day, it would be like, you know, reading on a 900 line. This is basically the equivalent, modern day equivalent of that. I recommend doing it at least for a few months at some point in your reading career, if it is, you know, what you want to do professionally, because it definitely teaches you a lot of things about how to deal with people, especially people that are not taking you seriously, that don't take what you're doing seriously, um, how to deal with people that just want to hear what they want to hear, how to deal with people that don't understand anything about what they're asking or what you're doing, um, and how to do readings in a way that is very... um, very specific in that you probably only have a very brief period of time to give information. It helps you kind of learn how to cut out a lot of like bullshit stuff that you might feel like you can do in a long reading when you have unlimited time with somebody. Cause most of these people, if you're either doing it on a phone where they're paying per minute or uh, one of the things that I used to do was in text chat where they're paying per minute and your text, you know, you're just doing like IMing like back and forth. Um, 
you know, people don't want to spend more than 10 minutes. They, cause that's going to be like, you know, 50 bucks or something, you know, depending on where they're calling or, or texting. So they don't, they can't spend a lot of time, which to me, I, you know, later on this made me think, okay, so if you're spending like 50, 80, a hundred dollars on a keen reader or a live person reader, whether it's over the phone or, or on, uh, you know, a, a chat text thing, why wouldn't you just spend that money on, a more specialized like psychic or whatever that can spend real time with you. Like it just, to me, eventually that was one of the things I'm like, I don't understand. Like, and then I, I got it. It's the type of client you're dealing with. It's a very different type of client. So when you have that experience of reading with those types of people, and then you go on to like what I did where, you know, that was kind of where I started and then went on to read in shops with, with people in person that were, very, they were very different types of clients because they're specifically looking for, um, you know, more of what I wanted to give. And so it helped me personally just to understand better the types of clients I didn't want, <laughs> first of all. But also, I mean, you, you're going to have people that, that come to you for readings like that in those types of, of outlets. They're looking for their, you know, they're looking for usually one of two things. It's either you know, sex or money, but that's typically any reading outlet. But a lot of times these are people that just want a definitive answer to address an issue that they're usually in fear of, you know, um, like, is their partner cheating on them? Is their partner going to propose? Are they going to lose their job, get a job? Um, so on and so forth. And they want just yes, no, that's, they don't want a long story. They don't want explanations. They don't want details. They just want to know because then they want to move on and not spend a lot of money. And the other thing too, that you have to kind of know with those sorts of services is that these people are not just going to you. They're going to bounce around to like probably five different readers. Call well, me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but totally. They're going yeah. to bounce around because especially if you do it over the phone, like if, if, if it's a phone bank type thing, what, what often happens is when you get initially on and then you connect to a, a first reader, after when it when you disconnect from the reader, it doesn't just hang up the phone. It then sends you back into an automated operator thing where you can choose to have a reading with a different reader. And a lot of people will do that where they'll go get like five readings in like an hour's time and then they're going to their takeaway is going to be the summation of all those readings together. So you have to also kind of know that you're not going to be anyone's go to on on those services. Sometimes you are and then you do end up with people that come back, but they're not just coming back to you. Like, don't think that you're their only psychic they're going to. So. You know, I think that those experiences are good because it does kind of give you the sort of like, this is what it's like to grind as a reader for someone else's service. And then it makes you all that much more inspired to want to go and start your own thing because it allows you to be more selective with your clients, to set your prices, to set your hours, to set, you know, your your standards on like what you will read about, what you won't read about. You know, you can't really do that on those services. So I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's a pretty accurate, uh, like, kind of uh, description of how that all that works. See, for me, it was well, so I was working for King.com and um, I I liked it at first because it's the comfortable thing about it all is I can do it all from home. So I, I could literally and I had weird hours and that service runs 24 hours a day. So I could be two o'clock in the morning, still awake, and I could log into my keen and I could do readings for an hour until I was tired and wanted to go to bed. And that was nice. Like that was that was super great. The problem I had 
really got down to clients. I mean, it was it, I would have these people calling. They would ask me a question, and I would get halfway through the answer, and then they'd hang up. And it would be because they literally got whatever information they wanted. They didn't care about whatever else was coming through. Exactly. And then that's frustrating for you as the reader because now you've got this information you need to get out exactly. and you can't. And, it's, exactly. and that happens all the time. Yeah. And that was annoying as fuck. And so I used to – I would write it down and I would like burn it at the end of the night. And at one point I had like a stack and I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. And the other thing of that is I came from doing readings and in shops and in person and you know at festivals and things. So – I, I, I could do the grind. The grind I like, you know, because there are literally there are days I don't want to think about my problems. I want to go help other people with their problems. I always end up, you know, it's it's nice to get away from my issues for a while. Um, and so I like the grind. But that type of grind is super different. And it would be connecting with, I mean, at one point, I think I connected with six different people in an hour. And that is exhausting. I mean, it just is. I mean, doing readings for six hours in a day, uh, you know, when you're live in person is just completely exhausting. But when you've got 24 people in a day and they're all in different parts of the world, talk about wiping. I mean, it just wipes you out. So that was that was difficult. The money was it was also a trap. So it was one of these things where at least the way that Keen.com works, um, you go in. You can you set up your profile, and you can start taking you can start taking readings pretty like pretty much as soon as your account's set up. They don't do a whole lot of verification. I think it was within twenty four hours I was up and and going, and um, you kind of have to the way that they work. You can pay because there's also a thousand other readers that are also logged in at the same time, and so especially in the beginning, if you want people to see you on the list of psychics. You have to pay the service to up your your spot in the listings, and so I had figured out at one point like what time in the day to do that so that I was like the top and I didn't have to spend that much money. Um, whereas you know certain times of the day you're talking, you'd have to you do a reading. You know, let's say you only make fifteen bucks off of the reading because the person hung up halfway through, and so but then to, in order to get to the top of the list, you have to spend forty. So you know there was just this weird trap, and at one point I had a couple hundred. Just kind of in there, and um, I, I, I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I think I had gotten to five hundred without spending. This is over like two months of of just dropping a lot of money into things, and you know, trying to raise up where I was, and uh, just doing it on the side. But it, you know, the money would have been good. I think if I would have devoted much more time to it, I think it probably would have worked out better because it's, you know, it's like taking a boost and then not getting to use the full breadth of it when you're having to spend to get your, you know, your name onto the top of the list. But it, that also says that the way that the the psychics are rated, I mean, to all of that, it's all just a joke because it's really who what psychic is paying the most money to be listed at top. And that's how it works. And so it was. It, it just got just disheartening. Like the the clients were not what I was used to, and they weren't what I what were making me happy. Um, I think if I was fresh to things and I was working from home, and that was really where you know life and energy was, I think I could probably do it, um, and I probably would be great at it. But that's just not where I was, and so I had to like take a step back. The other thing was. Um, you know, it's one thing to offer, you know, tarot readings to somebody. It's a totally different thing to offer mediumship to somebody. And so I had listed that I, I did both. And I would get, like, the weirdest, craziest people to for mediumship. And then, again, we get, you know, three minutes into something, they would just hang up. And so it was just – I was done. I was just totally done. I mean, if, if as you were saying, like, you know, if, if there's, there's a good side and a bad side to it. I mean, if I think if you were somebody who, you know, you – 
especially if you were if you were a little fresher to doing readings for people and you wanted to get a lot of experience, go to one of these services. It's a great way to do it. You can make some cash. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to realize you're, you're there's also a thousand other psychics that are logged into these services at the same time. And the clients are bouncing back and forth, just like you said. That is a, totally a real yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there are the people who are dependent as well. And so they'll like log in every day just to come and talk to you for five minutes and ask you the same question that they asked you the day before and the day before and the day before. And they just get kind of dependent on you. And like I realized at one point I was the, I was I was becoming this guy's best friend. Like the, he would call me every day just so that I would tell him like, oh, yeah, you're doing good, man. Just keep on. Just keep moving forward. And yeah, I, that had, was it. I had one of those, too. It was every yeah. when I if I was on at night every time without fail this one guy came back to me and he would stay on like i i kind of like it got to the point where i was the money for me was getting really good and this guy was part of the the reason why it was getting good because he would come on and uh get into my queue and would stay with me for a half hour, 45 minutes each time. But I started after maybe two or three weeks, got to the point where I was like, I have nothing to say to you that I haven't said already. And that's when it started to feel bad to me. Like I felt bad, like either this guy's just really lonely and needs someone to talk to. And I just, you know, I just started to feel bad taking this a ton of money from this guy, knowing that I'm not telling you anything that's going to be helpful other than like my just being here for you to talk to. And so that that kind of like would feel weird to me. But like for over at least now, because this was 10 plus years ago on live person, your like position in the ranking page for um, for psychics it was dependent on two things. It was primarily going to be your your starred rating, so what your you know what your people rate you at, and the number of clients that you have had. So the more clients and the higher you're rated by your clients, the higher up you are in the queue. And I was very, you know, I would say I was very fortunate, but I know I'm good at what I do. So you know, I'm also just I'm good at what I do. That I had almost entirely. Um, five star ratings with the exception of a couple one stars because people want to hear what they want to hear and they didn't hear what they wanted to hear. And so they weren't happy. But um, I ended up getting pretty up in the queue. I was maybe on the second page. And usually, especially if it's like very busy time of day, you will find that all of those people on that first page are are busy. They're all in calls or they have queues waiting. And so, you know, if you're not waiting for a specific person and you're just like looking for someone, anyone, you're going to keep scrolling. And when you start finding people available, you'll go there. So I was doing really well um, financially. It was working in that regard. And yes, being able to work at home and just whenever I wanted, that was all great. But it did just come down to the clients, the types of questions that they would ask. And that all kind of helped to inform what would eventually become what I now have, which is my personal set of rules and ethics for doing readings. I learned very quickly the things I'm not comfortable doing readings about, because like you said, it's not about telling you, oh, this is going to happen for sure. Like this is I'm I'm predicting that this is how the situation is going to end. No matter what, this is just how it's going to go. That's not. I don't believe in that personally. I just do not believe that anything is set in stone regardless of how you find that information. So you can do things to change things. Someone else can do something to change a situation. So when people are like, I want to know, 
if this is happening, yes or no, and how. I can't tell you that. So I learned very quickly that was not for me. And that's largely what people that are going to these services are looking for. They're usually desperate, don't have a lot of money, just want a quick, straight answer. And like you said, they'll hang up as soon as they hear what they need or want or whatever, and then they're gone. And then you're left like, uh, okay, I there was an addendum to what I just said that you probably would have wanted to hear, but all right, whatever, you know, <laughs> good, good luck, you know, and then just that's it. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that, again, those services, yeah, they're great as an experience to inform your, um, you know, your career going forward. But I honestly, I could not imagine doing that as the only way that I did readings. Like I more power to the people that do that full time all the time. Like that's that's crazy. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Modern Witch Podcast. I am your host, Devin Hunter. You've been listening to myself and Jess Carlson. Uh, we've been talking about weird stuff today. We talked about gaming, and then we moved on to, uh, well, the, the whole call me now section of the uh, the podcast. This was part one. Part two will be coming out shortly, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and, of course, if you want to find me, I am at Mr. Devin Hunter on the tweets, Insta, and Facebook. You can find Jess. She is at Jess J. Carlson, um, devinhunter.net. Uh, com. You can also go to uh, modernwitch.com, as you heard in the commercial today. Um, that'll be available on July 22nd, 2019. Super excited. It's just a few weeks away. Um, and we're going to have this whole new experience for you. So I hope that you definitely check that out. I also hope that you go to paganfires.com and check that out. That is the festival I am hosting with a very good friend of mine, um, it's it's going to be pretty amazing. We've got Laura Tempest Zakharoff uh, as our keynote speaker. We've got, um, of course, the Jackie Smith, who's going to be our ritual leader. Uh, we've got teachers from all over, all walks of life. It's really this exciting thing. I will be there teaching. Storm will be there teaching. Chaz will be there teaching. Uh, it's just going to be incredible. So I hope that you come and find us. It's a family-friendly event, uh, but there is a safe place for adults to do adult things. So it's, it's going to be incredible. Check it out, paganfires.com. It is all there. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you soon with another episode of the Modern Witch Podcast. There are forces at work here, dark, incomprehensible forces.